Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church for five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This is deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Well, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiffany, thank you for joining us. And to our listeners. Thanks for having me. Tiffany Warner here. She's a licensed medical health counselor. Uh, she's a well-renowned author, and she also has her own podcast, her own show called Moments of Clarity. And I'm so honored that you could take time out of your busy, busy schedule, you know, help save people to come out and talk to us a little bit, and hopefully somebody out there somewhere can benefit. And that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mean to correct you, but I'm a mental health counselor, not medical. I just don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not not that kind of doctor, mental health counselor, Uh, but yes, a therapist. Uh, my bad, uh, mental. That's it. And I know that. I don't know how medical came out. Maybe I'm talking about that other stuff. But anyway, I just don't want anyone asking questions about any medical stuff. I don't like rashes or something. I don't know. not my specialty. But thanks so much for having me, and it's what an honor to be here. Oh, it's an honor to also have you, uh, Tiffany. So let me start off by uh, asking you first, um, you know, I know you're a therapist. Um, what promoted you to get into that field? Well, and that's a good question for everyone seeking therapy to ask their therapist why they wanted to become a therapist. Um I think there's a lot of therapists that got into mental health because of their own experiences, which was kind of what I went through. Um, I lost my parents at an early age, and um, and right around 18, found my mom um, who had a brain aneurysm and um, walked in and went on the floor. She never woke up, and um, I was, you know, traumatized by it, obviously, and um, then in, during college, lost both grandparents and my father as well from Agent Orange in 2001. And um, he had fought and served in the Vietnam War, the Marines, front line, first lieutenant, three Purple Hearts, and survived, had um, several wounds and everything, and PTSD, and later died from cancer from Agent Orange. But survived all these other things and he was a really real hero but there was a stigma from what he experienced on back in the day um, feeling like mental health was for what he called you know crazy and when I had asked for help but after finding my mother and I was going through a hard time and obviously you know just traumatized by it he said you don't need help you're not crazy and that was my first introduction to the stigma on mental health and how um, watching him suffer with post-traumatic stress as well and growing up and not receiving the proper help when it was out there promoted me into putting myself through college at the University of Florida, and and it was kind of just by accident. I was an undecided major, and by junior year, they said, you have to pick a major, and I was in the guidance counselor, but you have enough credits to get our bachelor's in sociology or psychology. So obviously it kind of was evident that I was interested in psychology. And so that started the path towards wanting to help others because I saw also how the stigma was on mental health, but I also saw how bad uh, trauma could really derail a person and how much therapy was needed at that time. So um, I eventually sought help myself, and it put me back on track. And it's um, been my passion ever since. Right. So basically, uh, your drive has been born from dealing with your own personal experiences. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's put it kind of life happens, you know. And the way I look at it is sometimes the bad things lead us to good things. And and it's just how we look at it that really matters, keeps us on track, and, you know, what we do with what we learn. From what we learn in life, how we react to it defines our character. And I wanted to help others that 
have gone through what I've gone through at the time. So I really specialized with at-risk youth at first, worked in correctional facilities, was a psychological specialist with maximum risk youth, you know, kids that set their parents on fire in their sleep and trauma and murder and all sorts of stuff. Um, Did that for years and um, really saw the impact of how, how therapy can really help, especially people, you know, young at-risk youth as well, but then I worked in substance abuse facilities and um, family and certified and pretty much everything now, but um, I wanted to help other teenagers and, you know, with with substance abuse, with trauma, with other things, and that's what started my path, at least. Right. Because I was one once, too, you know? I just... Yeah. I guess that's why um, I guess that's what people could people resonate to is the fact that you know what you're talking about based on your own personal experience and not solely what you've read in a book. That makes a total mm-hmm. big difference when people can actually feel and 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 hear, you know, your passion and know that you definitely know what you're talking about. Agreed. And they're some of the best therapists in rehab centers, substance abuse rehab centers and recovery are, are in recovery themselves because they know what it's like and then they get into counseling or helping others and they know what it's like. And But you don't always have to have gone through something in order to help somebody. You know, like, you know I can still help somebody that survives with cancer and trauma of different sorts that I didn't experience myself. I wrote a book a self-help book that's um, free to download on childabuse.com called There's a Light Within You That Never Goes Out, and it's true stories, uh, nonfiction, um, of adult survivors of sexual abuse and incest. Um, And I've never been a survivor of that kind of trauma, but I'm an expert in helping people get through that. So it doesn't always have to be something we've gone through that, after 18 months writing that book, it really felt like my empathy and really came up with some good resources and self-help tools for people that are survivors of that sort. Right. And it's free. I donated it. I didn't want to make any money off of it, so it's on childabuse.com. It's a people buy it on Amazon or whatever, but I don't really receive any money. One time I got a check for $3 because I get three cents a book. <laughs> must have sold a hundred dollars, a hundred books of each, three dollar check. But <laughs> that's funny. well, at least that wasn't your reason for doing it. And for listen, no. uh, your listeners, the listeners just joined us. We talking about ending the stigma on mental health. If you'd like to join the conversation, the caller number is six four six nine two nine twenty eight seventy. Just press number one on your phone, and we'll be glad to let you in and join the conversation. Yeah, so please Tiffany, call in. Ask any questions. I'm here to yeah, answer any mental health questions as well. And it's a, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there need to call in and ask questions too. So don't sit there and be shy. Just press number one on your phone, and we'll be glad to let you in the conversation. So Tiffany, what are honored. some myths? What are some of the myths about therapy and counseling? <laughs> there's a lot. Um, let's see. Well. When you go into an office, it doesn't. It's not because you're crazy. I hate that word. Um, I don't know what normal is. We all got <laughs> yeah, something. Um, so, but like sometimes people come in and they like, should I lay down on this couch or how does this work? It's not like that. You could go in just to have a, an everyday problem, just to bounce something off of a sounding board to get an objective point of view rather than a personal point of view. Because sometimes our friends and family give us bad advice because they don't want to put their personal spin on it. And um, and with an objective person, a therapist, first of all, everything's confidential. So you can be completely transparent and open and not be judged and not be looked at weird and know that it's not going to leave the room and, you know, get some things off your chest. But not only that, um, that – it doesn't go on your medical record that you saw a counselor. It's not going to impair any job. In fact, most jobs have an employee assistance program 
when you go into the human resources and you're getting interviewed and they sit there and tell you about your benefits and they're saying, okay, well, we have vision and dental and medical and they're afraid to say we also have mental health resources for you because they're afraid that someone's going to go, well, you think I'm crazy? But I don't know, dental, we have dental, we have vision, but what, is something wrong with my teeth? <laughs> I don't know. They, I was like, so okay with telling them that we have those resources, but not for mental health. When actually in mental health, having a mental health day or a free, you know, some free counseling sessions that are supported by insurance is, will keep employees more loyal. They won't call out sick as much if they're going through a divorce or anything. They, they need to be able to focus, and therapy can help your focus, cognition, being able to, you know, put your problems on a shelf when you go back to work and getting through a hard time. Uh, so many things, the production and everything, when someone's mentally stable, like, and feeling okay and healthy and at their best, and their productivity, everything is better. Employers should really think about that, you know. Because uh, that's why people call in sick. Think about it. Unless you're really, really having a cold, it's because you're going through a hard time. And therapy really helps with that. And um, and it's not it's not because you're going to be labeled or anything like that. A lot of times people are afraid that counselors are going to label them. <clears throat> and that's a myth, too. So okay, is that um, why people... I don't know. Is is that why people, some people that have, know that they have some type of mental issue, is that why they're kind of uh, hesitant on seeking help because of the labeling? It seems like that. I believe, I believe so at times. I'm afraid to find out what's going on. But honestly, it's like this. I would rather know the symptoms of what's going on and live my life to the fullest potential rather than live suffering in silence. So, like, if you were diabetic, wouldn't you want to know so that your life doesn't end shorter or you don't – or if you had a broken arm, wouldn't you want to know? Or if you had something preexisting, wouldn't you want to treat it so it got better and you were healthy instead of just pretending it didn't exist and continue to get worse? It's like high blood pressure. We need to know so we can take medication and not have a stroke or – it's just the same. Um, our brain and our mental health defines how we interact every day and how we treat each other where sometimes a mental health problem can cause us to be irritable or start arguments or fights or have trouble sleeping or I mean so many side effects treat others differently than if we were actually mentally healthy and feeling good and it impacts not only ourselves but everyone around us if we're not feeling like we're you know not pouring from an empty cup. Like we need to be mind physically healthy and mentally healthy, spiritually as well. Um, and it's really important and should not be brushed under the rug, especially with past trauma and things that people are just trying to forget or get over. The more you brush stuff under the rug, that mound gets larger and eventually you start to trip over it, it does resurface, it doesn't go away, but it can heal and therapy with the right therapist too. You have to really connect with them and feel like you can tell that person anything. You just, and, you just, you, I'm sorry, Tiffany, but you just touched on something. How would somebody that's dealing with some issues uh, decide who would be the right therapist? So you got to see what their specialty is, what whatever the issue is. Uh, you, it's kind of like a job. It's like an interview. Like you're, they're not interviewing you. You're interviewing them. And so you go through, you know, psychology today or um, um, look at the list of what your insurance providers are under your insurance and who takes your insurance and things like that. And then talk to a few and see if that connection is right there, that person that, you feel comfortable telling your deepest, darkest secrets to. So when you look forward to going to see, like you start thinking throughout the week, wow, like if, if you were my therapist, I'd be like, oh, this happened. I can't wait to tell one of that on our, our appointment or write these down. I want to make sure I bring that up to him, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's that kind of connection where you look forward to your appointment and know that it's working and you feel that connection that you trust. 
and right, it's so not you... the other way around. They're not ju- they're not interviewing you like me. Like, like when someone calls for an appointment, I know that they I'm gotta be there for them and make sure that I'm the most specialized person for their case too. And if I'm not worthy and effective, then I would let them know who I re- recommend to. You know. Where does a person that where does a person that's dealing with a, a bipolar fit into this? It depends on what kind of bipolar, and most licensed therapists are trained to to um, work with someone if they have that diagnosis accurately, because a lot of things get misdiagnosed sometimes, or can be, um, but. They would find a therapist to do talk therapy, and I would recommend you know, possibly seeking well, bipolar um, a psychiatrist who prescribes medications, which are like a mood stabilizer, would help as well as with therapy because bipolar there's several types. Um, bipolar one where it's more manic rather than depression, and then there's cyclothymic, which where it's kind of up and down and several cycles, and then two is where depression's more than um, manic, but the danger with bipolar is that people feel really good when they're feeling manic and invincible. They don't need sleep. They're energized and creative. But the crash, they, they sometimes they can have the irrational thoughts that make them too invincible, and they take ris- risky or foolish actions. And um, then when they come down, the depression is hard, like devastating depression, suicide, and everything. And um, so the mood stabilizers as well as talk therapy help with making sure the highs aren't too high, the lows aren't too low, plus um, coping skills with all that was going on. With mood disorders like that, never see when the, the swings are going to come. So that's, I mean, they're some of the bravest people that live with those challenges because it's... Um, it makes their life difficult, you know, to plan things or well, anything. Just, and I consider them very courageous, to be honest. Well, you just mentioned something, too, that I didn't know. I didn't even know that there were different types of bipolar. I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. I just thought bipolar was just bipolar. I didn't know there were different types of being bipolar. Right, so just because you have a mood swing every now and then doesn't mean bipolar. When people say, I'm having a bipolar moment, that's insulting to so many people. Um, No, it's severe manic, like where some people think they're friends with the Pope or they feel bugs on them or they see things or, um, you know, I mean, where they feel like they're God, they're religious, grandiose, things like that depression, but then it's this extreme kind of depression, not just sadness or irritability or difficulty sleeping. So a lot of people are dealing with depression right now just because of the pandemic, not just because because of the pandemic, and um, it's a lot of situational depression, feelings of hopelessness or loss of job or um, getting sick of being quarantined or just you know people getting sick around them. I don't know. Even a lot of different things, anxiety and depression are very common right now and heightened because of this year, the election, all that stuff, everything um, on the news has caused a lot of people distress. But with bipolar, it's different. It's um, um, a lot of times with psychosis, too. I didn't even mention that. But um, it's not just being like moody. <laughs> it's way more than that what the misconception is and it's important to seek help if that is is a a possible diagnosis and it usually onsets in the late teens and early 20s but there's different cases where it comes earlier or later but that's when um, people start to really get diagnosed with that specific diagnosis so which which one of those that cause people to act out uh, in more of a, you know a violent type situation? All of them. It just depends on which episode or like 
that they're going through. But not everyone with bipolar acts out violent either. There could be um, another diagnosis combined with that too. Um, it's that's not. Um, it, it, each individual is different. I'm not. It's like just not. It's not across the board. Everyone just with this challenge acts exactly like this. No, nobody is exactly the same. We're like snowflakes. <laughs> People are all individual, and every every mental health client has an individual diagnosis and an individual situation that they're going through where they their case plan and treatment plan is all individualized or should be, for instance. So, but just like not everybody with depression is suicidal. Not everybody with anxiety is agoraphobic. You know, every you know, or afraid to leave the house or afraid of contamination. You know, not every it's everyone's different. But everything it has a coping skill, and everything has a way to be treated. You know what I mean? That's why mental health is so help so helpful. I think every healthy adult should seek therapy or have a therapist to talk to. I talk to a therapist myself. I have to decompress at the end of the day and I'm going through COVID too. And I need to make sure that my head's on straight. And I can't tell everybody what I talk about throughout the day. You know, I can't, I guess what happened at work today because I'm confidential. So I have a therapist myself just to unmute, just so I'm not overwhelming myself as well, you know. And I am not right, ashamed to say that. Yeah, I could see how that could uh, uh, just definitely uh, take its toll on your emotions just by dealing with different clients um, day in and day out. You know, how could you not absorb some of that, you know, being human and having emotions? Sometimes. I mean, I've been doing this about 20 years, so you get desensitized a little bit. And, but, yeah, it does. It does. I mean, and especially if you're, for me, I'm lucky. My it's my passion, so it doesn't feel like a job to me. I wake up and I feel like I'm waking up to a calling and not an alarm. But at the same time, I am also a mother. I'm also female. I'm also human. I also have other things besides just my job too, and I want to make sure that I self care, and self care is so important. Right. Especially, you know, the radio show, everything. I have a lot of different things going on. And I want to make sure that I don't pour from an empty cup because, I mean, we're not, we're not well, as effective and not living to our full t- potential if we're worn out. Right. And by you multitasking like that, and you're definitely doing things that make you focus. You have to focus on each one of the tasks that you do. So I guess that kind of helps you stay clear, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, nobody multitasks so you- well. <laughs> it just uh, We have to do good time management and make sure we put our self-care as a you know, priority in. And set aside time for each specific thing. Think if you're really working hard, then your family lacked, and vice versa, things like that. Just have to put a balance. You you mentioned earlier that you worked in a correctional facility. I mean, how how was that? It was um, rewarding. It was the Soto Dual Diagnosed Correctional Facility, uh, and it was. The program for juveniles that were basically um, imprisoned, and then some of them were there until they turned 19, and then were facing 25 years in regular prison. Um, so I don't know. It was very rewarding. Um, I um, learned a lot. I I, I know when to watch out for my house getting robbed and I know how to break into a Honda. <laughs> I'm, <just kidding>. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually how not to, kidding, but <laughs> you learn how can, to hotwire cars. Can, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. 
it's amazing what you learn from people. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I also saw a lot of people that were in there that you know, it's amazing. You throw an orange at a car and you get charged with firing a missile at a moving vehicle. But you can, it's like, there's some people that made some stupid mistakes that didn't believe kids that made stupid mistakes that didn't belong in there. But then there's some that were really severe and um, needed some help. And they say were um, in there for selling drugs for their family or prostituting um, like from their parents and um, um, a lot of sad stories as well. But um, I saw them heal and grow and, find themselves, you know, as well. It was very rewarding. It was tough though. But it was it was um I learned a lot though. Yeah. And then, Yeah, I can definitely see how that would be rewarding because like you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people that's in jail that needs to be there and then there's a few in there that don't really need to be there, but because of society and the situation and the laws of the land you know, sometimes it um, uh, becomes big business, and um, mm-hmm. they're not really doing the best for the people. Yeah, they get caught with a few joints or something like that. They need rehab, and substance abuse, not prison, in my opinion, but um, just things like that, um, counseling, not jail but you know things are changing I think that some things are going to be different in that arena with that you could they said in uh, you know certain statistics I read somewhere also that you can tell about a society by the way the prisons run you can tell about a culture and about their environment by and I looking at the prison and jail system and every country is different and I find that true. Wow. Uh, being behind the scenes. There's a show on Netflix. It's called Orange is the New Black. And uh, they take it to an extreme. Some of that stuff would never happen. But there's some stuff in there that, yes, it happened. And uh, you'd be surprised. There's some crooked guards out there, too, you know. Um, and that's one thing right. people don't understand. People are people before they get into their occupation and their job. If you're a no good person, you're going to be a no good lawyer, or you're going to be a no good prison guard. <laughs> if you're a no true. good person, so you know you're a person first. You know what I mean. So your job comes second or third. But if if your heart's not in the right place, you know what I mean. You're just going to take that mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yes. Yeah, you're so, right. Um, yeah, there's no way around too. that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've talked to some therapists that they got more drama going on in their own households than anybody else's. So yep. it's almost like, how could you help me or anyone else with my situation when you don't even have your own situation intact? Yeah, a lot of people don't practice what they preach. And on top of that, that's why I said you should ask a therapist why they became a therapist and find out if if there's you know if there are a few bricks short of a chimney <laughs> or no, it's just sort of a picnic. <laughs> well, that sounds you, like one like of the first questions. Hey, Tiffany, that sounds like one of the first questions I asked you. <laughs> well, and you see why I did, and I got help, and I yeah, my therapist. I'm. Um, an open book, and that's what I'm, you know, not afraid to say, but not everyone's like that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so, because one, um, it's one, that's because one thing I found out now going through the stuff we're going through now, common sense is really not common. <laughs> There's street and, smart and, and, and common sense, and some people need to have both a little bit. But yeah, yeah, and, and I and I guess the reason I say that is because you know there's a lot of people out here need to seek help. Uh, need to reach out to someone, you know, to help them with their situation, but for some reason they don't do that, and that's why I said common sense isn't common because if you had common sense, 
You know there's a problem. You know you need help. So what's stopping you from seeking that help? Well, we can we can teach ignorance, but we can't fix stupid. <laughs> oh, just saying. Right. We can You're educate right people, that. and you know, people that just don't know better, not their fault. They may listen, they learn, and they understand. There's some people not willing to listen or learn, and that's on them. But then they live in a very sheltered life and environment in their own head. I think the more we know, the more we understand and have compassion for others and empathy and trying to put ourselves in other people's shoes, which teaches us how to effectively communicate with other people and be there for each other and not judge so, or not jump to conclusions. Well, doing your doing your daily job since we've been dealing with this pandemic, I mean, have you seen a, a rise in well, uh, suicide, depression, uh, sexual abuse, any of those things? Um, anxiety and depression. Yeah, uh, it's a shame to know like how common sexual abuse is. So uh, it doesn't rise and all of that. It's it's more common than you know or you think. Um. But, yeah, there's some people, domestic violence and a lot of substance abuse right now. Um, people are starting to drink more and use substances to cope with the anxiety of the pandemic, self-medicating a lot. Um, a lot of people are just getting sick of this COVID and, like, you know, are, you know, just they're tired of it. It's been a year and all these other things going on with everything on the news. I mean, we've had a hard year in 2020, everybody. It is, I mean, it was kind of um, overwhelming to see on the news. I mean, if you think about it, right before COVID happened, there were school shootings happening all the time. And we had to, we were right. dealing with that, like these horrible things. And we don't even think about that right now because then the COVID and then these riots and all the other things and the election and every, uh, everything and and so forth. I don't even want to bring it all up to be honest, but it was um one thing after the next. And um I don't know if you if you can relate, but that year just passed by like so fast for me because it was no time to pause and just be you know. Um and just, it was, I mean, isn't it kind of surreal that we're living through a pandemic that, you know, isn't that crazy to think that, that there's a virus, like, global killing people that we're, in our lifetime and how we're surviving it and stuff that will be in history books years from now. It's, and then we lived through 9-11 and uh, just, and to not think that, we need help to process and get through this is, is silly, I think, in my opinion, just thinking that anyone can get through this and not feel affected. Because, like you said, we're human beings, and all of this is a lot for all right. of us. Lots of a lot to process. So from, from what is your suggestion to people to to be able to deal with some of these things as a therapist? What would you suggest that they do? It depends on what they're going through, but definitely self-care. Um, you know, make time for yourself. There's a lot of things that you can do to feel better. You know, taking walks outside, um, I took. I went jet skiing recently. I definitely talked to a therapist. There's a lot of self-help podcasts and things like that. They could listen to my radio show. Um, I'm throw that in there. Um, but, <laughs> you know, check your insurance. Plug, put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was coming. Um, yeah, knew it was coming. And, but I was going to do it for you if you didn't. <laughs> I know. I know you were. Um but I mean, that's something that would say it helps. So to, to not feel alone, you know, that's like going through this. We're not alone. We're not alone, and 
it's more common than you think. People are in, just suffering in silence, and it it doesn't need to be like that, you know. And the more we speak out, the more we realize we're not alone, the better that things, you know, affect us. It affects us less. You know? Start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Because with fear, fear is the hardest thing to get rid of in our brain, fear of anything. And the only thing greater than fear is hope. And with hope and healing that there's going to be better, that we're not alone, all of that can eliminate the fear of whatever we're fearing, fear of the unknown, fear of what might become, fear of death, fear of living, fear of having panic attacks, fear of things not going to get better, and it's fear, you know. The one thing greater than that is to know that that's not, it's not forever, and there's hope. Yeah, we definitely that need help. Be just yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely need help. You know, hope is just like the you know, positive mindset is very important to not focus on what we don't have, but to look at what we do to get out of our own heads. If you're in the what if world, like what if this is going to happen, get out of there. Dr. Amber Baker um, I was on my show and she said, you know, the should. I should have done this. I should be doing this. She said, stop shooting yourself. <laughs> I love when she said that. And she said, go friend yourself. And it's stop being your own worst critic. Stop worrying about the what if. Handle one moment at a time, one problem at a time. If something's going wrong, handle it as it comes. Don't worry. Don't Don't try to fix something that hasn't happened yet and worrying about what what has happened. 98% of the time that we're up worrying about something all night, it never happens the way we think it's going to happen. You know, we have to handle things as they come, like one moment at a time for some of us, not just one day at a time. And that makes perfect just, sense because um, a lot of times we worry about stuff, and like you said, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be or something completely different, so you end up worrying about it all night for no reason. Right. I mean, and it's hard not to, but there's suggestions for anxiety. First of all, try to put on some guided imagery or guided meditation. Um, there's plenty on Google, like guided meditation that will play and help you get yourself to sleep and talking. Well, listening to something, it's hard to really think of something else, you know. Plus, they're so boring, it puts you to sleep. And <laughs> they really do. Then also to, they say, um, so I had a Harvard medical professional on my show and she was a physiatrist a lifestyle medicine physiatrist if you know who that is I actually um, had to spell it out to make sure I was saying it right <laughs> during the show but she said for she, for lifestyle medicine and physiatrists what they do is they they take like whatever our ancestors go through so if they're like we have a history of high blood pressure or a stroke or Alzheimer's or whatever in our family genetics so then they, she teaches on how to, or diabetes or whatever, to before we hit that problem as, you know, as we're growing up, to avoid certain things or take self-care and all this stuff to make sure that we don't end up with whatever genetically could occur. And one thing is sleep. And she said if you're having difficulty sleeping, there's a few things that you can do to really help yourself sleep. First of all, and I didn't know this too, but if anybody's doing virtual stuff, if you guys are doing, like, looking at your iPads, the electronics, TV, your phones, which we all are doing more lately because there's social distancing and stuff, the blue screen depletes melatonin in our brain. And I didn't know that either. The melatonin is what people take to sleep. Melatonin is a natural sleep aid in our brain. So she said to turn off the electronics two hours before you want to go to bed, and that's time to you talk on the phone, listen to music, intimacy, anything that um, where we don't look at the actual blue screen. And there's also blue screen protector eyeglasses too that are helpful. Um, so while we're looking at TV, trying to watch TV or looking at YouTube or whatever it is to 
get tired, it's counterproductive. It's actually stimulating our brain and depleting the ability to sleep. So as I said, kind of dim the light uh, an hour or two before bed, meaning turn off the fluorescent lights and put candlelight or dim lamps or things like that just to dim and like put on an ambiance. And um, that helps also. And a hot shower or bath right before bed and right into the sheets helps you go right to sleep. It drops your core body temperature immediately from hot to chill and um, helps the body want to sleep. That's, um, if you're having an anxious day or a big meeting the day before or whatever and you're trying to get to sleep and you can't get your mind off stuff, those are some things to really practice that will help you help you chill, help you get yourself to sleep and not um, not build anxiety and be up all night and then perform less the next day, you know. Um, nobody performs well when they're tired or didn't have a good night's sleep. We all sleep uh we're all better when we get enough sleep. Sleep is very, very essential to the way we think and how our mental health. Um, without sleep, and if we don't sleep well enough, it can cause depression or lead to anxiety and stuff like that, or symptoms of it. So, and she did say something about trying to go to sleep at the exact same time every day, which I know for a lot of us is like really hard to do, but at the same time, it was a suggestion. I don't think I could go to sleep at the exact same time. You know, stuff happens. So sometimes we yeah, life, but life happens. Take care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes happens. we can't go to bed at ten every single night or nine thirty or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Right. For me, it's more like twelve or one. I don't know, but. I don't know. I work until ten p.m. Sometimes eleven. So. I need some me time for a second, and then I start late. I don't exist at 7 a.m. <laughs> My hours are right. a little dark. Hey, right. Tiffany, I think we have a caller here that might want to join us. Uh, okay. 563, 563, you're on. Thank you for taking my call. This is Sean. How you doing, hey, Sean? Sean? Thanks for joining us. Good. So I was being medicated for depression, for several years, and then in 2020, with this whole COVID situation, to me, the medicine stopped working. They tried three or four different medicines, nothing helped, so I stopped taking it. They say it's dangerous, but I don't see how. Could you talk about that? Well, that's like a medication uh question where I'm not a medical specialist, oh. like I could say at the beginning, I'm not a medical specialist. However, okay, so the misconception I do know about antidepressants is, antidepressants is a lot of times people stop taking them because they feel like they don't need them anymore, but it's because they're working. But in your case, um, you're saying that many of them didn't work. There's so many different things, different types of medications that can work, and maybe you haven't found the right one, or they're not giving you the right dosage, and that's really a question for your psychiatrist or doctor. But if you're suffering with depression and trying to get medicated and dealing with symptoms of that, that's definitely time to go talk to your doctor and tell them, because there's so so many different SFRIs and things that can enhance your serotonin and endorphins and all that stuff. But in addition, there's treatment and coping skills for depression that if you're if you're not doing that you can do with a therapist and talk to somebody and make sure that you're not at risk of harming yourself and, and okay. staying safe, you know. Another question is medication or meditation is is important in one's daily life, right? Right. Is there, do you, do you, um, like, do you refer people to try yoga or other types of medi- meditation that they've never done before? Or what do you recommend people that are just starting out? 
not everybody's a yoga kind of person. I know, especially with meditation. I can't sit there long. I have ADHD. <laughs> but I need something guided and like uh, to be like able to walk with music or something like that. So to each their own kind of in that case. Um, I I like to listen to vinyl and I listen to music while I walk and get some fresh air outdoors. Nature really helps with depression. Um, a lot of people like to walk or run or exercise or be near the beach. Or there's different coping skills rather than just yoga. Um, I mean, I it would be an individualized kind of thing um, because that's why there's so many different types of therapy, so many different types of coping skills for addiction, for like 12 step and celebrate recovery or all that. Because not every, there's not a general type of therapy that works for every circle, like every person. And I know that for sure I'm not going to sit there, like, and no offense against anybody who does, but listening to people ringing bowls and humming and chanting or, or trying to sit there for hours, quiet. I'd be like, anybody else bored? Like, I'd be the one interrupting someone. Like, just, I couldn't do that. But that's me. <laughs> I don't know. Um. But there's some people, you know, they feel like they've reached their spiritual awakening doing that, and it's healthy for them. I I applaud them for that because it's healthy, but I couldn't do it. I've tried, and just you know what I mean. But so right. it's okay for anyone out there listening if you don't want to do yoga. Just just find something that's just for you that you can and want to do and makes you feel good. That's not dangerous. And can I ask? Keep doing. Can I ask you another question? I please heard you. Ask me, please. I heard you share how you went into this field that you now are in, due to your the passing of your mother and your father. And I'm sorry about your loss. Do you think, looking back, you um. You still would do what you're doing now in spite of the, let's say there was no trauma. If your mother was still with you today, what do you think you would know. be doing? You ever I think don't know. No. I don't know. I like doing this so much. I don't think, I don't, I don't know. But some people say that um, I'd be really good at marketing or sales because I can talk a dog into wanting to be a cat if I wanted to. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, I don't think I'd be happy or fulfilled doing that. I don't know. The way I try to look at it is whatever happened to put me where I'm at now makes me makes me feel like it wasn't for nothing. I just find it curious. So, a lot of people that go into a, a field such as yours, or any field for that matter that they have longevity in, if something puts them to that, you know, like – being a therapist or um, a doctor or a lawyer, something happened to them when they were younger. They kind of set that course for them. And I find that curious. Yeah, I know. Well, remember, the, uh, well, I don't know if you heard this, but like, like when I felt like I needed help, I was definitely crying for help. I was like 98 pounds when I saw my mom. Like afterwards, I, I was like pink and Strikes my hair and piercings on my face. Like I mean, and that's not who I was before. Um, and they just, you know, my dad said my father, who was a marine, is marine. Um, you know, said that that um, I'm gonna just get through it. You're tougher than this. You don't need help. But I did, and um, that's I think what sparked my passion for this. I think, but I don't know if, if, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what I would be doing. I don't know if I would have even considered that it was something because the stigma was like so around me at the time of that. It, and back then mental health wasn't as, as talked about or as, you know, people weren't so like, okay, I'm going to go get my nails done, I got therapy, and then I can go to the gym. You know, back then, it's like, if you had a therapist, people are going to go, why? Like, I don't know. So, 
I'm not trying to age myself, but it's been a while since that happened. So um, it's just, I don't know. Um, back then, mental health wasn't wasn't as well-known. And I do know this, so thanks for asking that question, but that I like to do things that other people haven't thought of yet. I like to like if something doesn't exist, that's the thing I write, or that's the thing I do, or that's what I wear, and whatever. I don't know. I do know that about myself, so maybe since it was taboo, it's something I wanted to get into just because no one else was doing it or at the time or something. I don't know. Well, that's great. Besides, so, obviously, you have a passion for the field where you work in. But what has been the most challenging thing you faced, whether it be a, a individual case or whatever? What what's been the hardest thing you had to deal with consistently? Well, I'm the mother of a teenage boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he might be listening right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> he might not agree with that, Tiffany. <laughs> I know. This is the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think I have. To, <laughs> I don't think I could top that. Okay, I mean, we um, all have challenges. Most challenging. I don't know. We all have challenges. I don't know. My credit score, I don't know. I don't know like, it's something <laughs> specific. I feel like I have not, I don't have much to complain about lately. So um, I'm I'm very blessed in that case and I'm very confident in what I do and and I enjoy helping people. Yeah. So I don't know if I can see, I don't know the answer to that question. To be honest, it's a good question. I think yeah, my first question, answer is, is the is the hardest. I think I spoke the truth with my first. <laughs> it sounded like I was joking, but yeah, being a mom is probably one of the most challenging things and rewarding things in a person's life. Uh, or being a parent, like I gotta say, like that's probably my greatest accomplishment as well as my greatest challenge ever. Well said, and I concur. Well, thanks for the question. Thanks for the question, Sean. We definitely appreciate yeah, Sean, it. Yeah, Sean, thanks for calling and, in. All right. All right. And uh, I think, Tiffany, we got a couple more minutes left to the show, but we want to talk about Moments of Clarity. Tell our listeners where they can go and hear you on your show and what time does it air. Okay, so thanks for that. Um um, so Moments of Clarity is a mental health live radio show that airs every Thursday and Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. Florida time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so it's like 9 to 10 Pacific time, but 12 to 1 every Thursday live. And uh, it airs virtually, now since COVID actually expanded, but um, there's a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash MOC with Tiffany, and it's on Facebook at MOC with Tiffany. At MOC with Tiffany pretty much is the tag or the handle. It's on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, MOC with Tiffany.com, and the website, MOC with Tiffany.com, um, and so forth. Um, it's on pretty much all podcasts on Radio, um, iTunes, Spotify. Um, but it's aired live on those platforms as well as pretty much um, several AM and FM radio stations syndicated in three states and um, and every show has a different guest uh, exceptional stories inspirational stories from exceptional guests Lamont was you were my guest once too very good show you're actually in the opening my opening little commercial right? like my little opening feature song <laughs> you on the show pretty cool um, and did very well talking about mental health too and um, so I go from I have celebrities and authors and other advocates and musicians and 
um, you name it, um, screenwriters, actors, comedians, everyone. It's amazing how global mental health is. And, um, and everyone, it, when I contact or call me me or whatever, you'd be amazed that comedians, actors, like, what? Um, they think I'm going to talk about what it's like to be a celebrity, a celebrity child actor or whatever it is. But then I get deep and I ask different kinds of questions, like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, like, no, it's going to be like that. And um, people can call in and ask questions live on air, even through comments. And it's every Thursday and Friday, 12 to 1 live. I've been doing it over six years. Met some very amazing people like yourself. And look forward to continuing it for many more years because it's all about educating and doing as much as, you know, well, Tiffany, I definitely um, want to thank you for jo- joining us. And for those people that just joined us late, the show will be uh, available in its entirety in a couple minutes here. You can hear it worldwide on, on all the platforms. And there's no reason for you not to be able to hear this show. And if you have any problems, ask your mama to ask your daddy, ask the neighbor across the street or the guy at the gas <laughs> station on the corner or the milkman. Somebody will tell you how you can hear this show so you have no excuse. Now, ask a teenager or a kid under the age of 11 nowadays if you're having trouble with your electronics. <laughs> Absolutely. The younger so about you- it. You have no reason not to be able to hear this show in its entirety. And like we always say, you know, we, we our whole purpose of being here is to reach out and touch those, and hopefully you found something positive within this show that can help you help a loved one or a neighbor. And uh, with that being said, Tiffany, thank you so much, so much for joining us, and uh, we'll continue. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us, and we'll continue to support you and hope you will continue to support us as well. And thanks again. Absolutely. Change can only happen when we stand together. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Everybody, you be safe out there. Uh, uh, Wear your mask or a paper bag. Do something. Do something to be safe. Don't go out there and infect nobody. And uh, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next week at the same time. Thank you so much. I'm getting to the point now when I get to church. I want to ask somebody, did you mess up for you got saved? So they can say yes. I say, you're the one I want to sit with. Because I know you won't praise the Lord. I don't want to sit with no dude who feels like I don't need to lift him up. Well, why you sitting there like you did or something? You got your brain so good. You ought to be bumping, jumping, shouting and running on your feet for the second come in. Miss me with that attitude. Sweet. You want me to be cool, but I ain't because I can't. Because if you only know what he done for me. The things I used to be, how I used to be. I can't lie. I got to testify. I was blind. He opened up my eyes. I know you sanctified now, but there was a time. If it hadn't been for God, you'd have lost your mind. Get with this. I don't miss so easy. His promises, I, I feel a shout coming on about now. Y'all pray for me, cause it's gonna get loud.
something. If you don't get any other taste this year, moving us into a new level. I'm ready to shout now because I already know what I'm going to say. But the devil. Oh. 